I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talk to the Audience, where this is always death. I am one of your hosts, the Grammar Rodeo attendee, Bob Mackey, who is here with you today. Hey, it's Andrew Gilbert. I also crossed over with Loki. In case you don't know, this podcast comes out at the end of the month for patrons and the beginning of the month for people on the free feed. And in this podcast, we talk about what's happening in the Simpsons world and in our world, and we answer your questions and comments from the last month's worth of episodes. And it's been quite the month for us, hasn't it, Henry? Oh, yes. Uh, it's been the best of times and the worst of times in terms of uh, busyness. Yeah, yeah, real ups and downs of busyness in the in the uh, July for sure. And this, and also listeners, this is coming as hot off the presses as one of our podcasts can. I think we were, we're yeah. reporting it the day it posts on the Patreon. But uh, this, since this is our community podcast, it's all about direct engagement uh, and and what's new. Then this is as close as it gets to new. And in case you couldn't tell from my intro, I am coming in live via satellite from Vancouver, British columbia in canada mm-hmm. yeah the sunny shores of vancouver it's uh it looks beautiful all your pictures there and you're finally you're finally you know together again with, with yes. your wonderful wife in case listeners aren't following the saga <laughs> and frankly i'm happy that we're reaching a point where i'll have to stop talking about it because it won't be a thing anymore but been separated from my wife because of the border finally after six months i am uh visiting her again in canada and it's been great and uh henry and i have been working very hard ahead of time to just work way past this point in our timeline of uh, content so currently we've finished things for september and october so right now i'm taking a vacation and henry is mostly taking a vacation you've been doing a little bit of uh, behind the scenes work yeah it's like a staycation to a degree but I, i've been uh, you know like a couple hours a day or so doing some work but uh, it's it uh, it has been different not recording a podcast every two days that's yeah. uh, it feels weird <laughs> we i mean we were always planning for me to go away for about a month uh, so some weeks we were recording maybe eight podcasts, or at least mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with Retronauts I was, but you were also part of that too, Henry. So it's been really nice to go from that to just radio silence for a bit to recharge. And it's fun to podcast again. I, I missed <laughs> my first podcast since uh, we recorded the Hunchback one, I think. Yeah, what a, what a one to go out on, that Hunchback yes. one. Our longest podcast to date. Yeah. I did that just in case the plane crashed. I will have released my longest podcast ever. Uh, and put to bed your thoughts on your favorite uh, American animated film ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my lifestyle has changed drastically because uh, when I was in quarantine, I, I stayed inside uh, and I played video games, listened to podcasts. That's been the exact opposite of my life here. During my <laughs> vacation. I'm always outside. I have in, in almost two weeks, I've listened to one podcast with my wife. Uh, we hate movies uh, Melrose Place uh, 90210 episode and I have not played a minute of a video game wow so, wow shocking lifestyle changes for me just because i i don't have to do that stuff anymore i have other options so <laughs> it doesn't seem as attractive but i god there are some games coming out we'll talk about soon that i really i can't wait to play and i might have to wait because games aren't exciting anymore now that i can go outside yes be- go to restaurants and bars <laughs> you can hold hands and drink beer it's uh, yeah. great. <laughs> uh it has been kind of a big month of simpsons news as well uh yes <laughs> yeah oh sorry henry sorry there's a bit of delay because i'm in canada but we recorded the last talk to the audience kind of early because i was going away to my hometown for a bit yes so this first piece of news it happened like right after we recorded or right mm-hmm. after it posted i forget but yes the uh the, the loki short now it's old news but uh it just uh, barely missed the deadline 
when we were recording our last talk to the audience. And uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Henry? Uh, I liked it better than the Star Wars one. You know, uh, me and you watched it together, and it uh, it was nice that it actually had you know a lot of the cast in it and more jokes than just you know a baby being cute and all that. Yeah, and uh, though if you're sick of uh, Marvel things being part of every second of your life, then then the Loki crossover is annoying, I suppose for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, it's not for me. I, I was actually kind of angry about the Maggie Star Wars shorts yeah. because it just felt very, uh, I mean, we talked about it. It felt very pandering. I mean, it was made to advertise something and it did its job. But this one was better because there was uh, there were some voice actors on board. You could tell who didn't want to be on play ball, which was uh, Harry Shearer and Julie Kavner, which mm. makes sense. Mm. My only issue was they tried a lot harder with this one. My only issue was I want to see a parody of Marvel stuff. It just seemed like we're going to put Marvel stuff in the Simpsons world and we're not really making fun of it. The, the Marvel characters are actually, they don't like to go to Simpsons world and it's bad. Yeah. And they're reacting to things around them in Simpsons world. So... I, I don't know if they're not allowed to do certain things. I don't know if they feel obligated to be respectful to the source material. The, the only joke that really bothered me in it is uh, there's a giant shot of all these superheroes and uh, whoever Rainier Wolfcastle is playing is holding up a sign that says, this is what happens when Disney buys Marvel and Fox. And <laughs> guys, it's been almost two years. You can't make those jokes anymore. Uh, it, hey, it feels new to them, you know? <laughs> yeah, it just it feels like the prisoners scrawling graffiti about the guards in their cells. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't really work anymore. The uh, you know the tone of it was like Loki going, "Ew, I'm here! Like this place is gross. I hate this place. The Springfield's bad." Those were the jokes. It wasn't the knives weren't out towards marvel it was more of self-deprecating on the simpsons parts and how they're like oh we've got marvel people now isn't this cool for us kind of M much more that vibe yeah well and also if you haven't seen the loki show there's like five jokes in it that are just like well you didn't it, this is all jokes about the loki series which i guess at least it as a commercial for the loki uh, show on disney plus it works well in that regard yeah I, again it's not for me and i was thinking like if the simpsons did a one piece shorts or something <laughs> thing like that how would i feel about it yes I, I think i would think it was cool that these characters were animated in a simpson style but would i think it's just a commercial for one piece probably if disney bought that property mm -hmm. uh, i just want to see more uh i just again it, it does feel kind of toothless but these things are not engineered to be parodies making fun of the content it's meant to say wouldn't it be neat if this happened yeah or this is just to create awareness of this other thing you can watch also, I just feel, uh, you know, David Silverman directed this one, too. And from reading his tweets and seeing an interview we'll talk about later in this, uh, it sounds like these are just produced on such an awful timetable for him that it's like you're not getting David Silverman's best work. Uh, I think David Silverman's a genius and probably like the best director uh, The Simpsons ever had, uh, our top three. And to give him like, OK, six weeks, do this thing that has a ton of design, it's like I, or how however many weeks but it definitely sounded like a fast turnaround uh i feel for him you know he can do yeah. much better work than that if they want to win oscars with this crap then then they need to give him some time 
I have no issues with how it looks because I know the uh, the schedule is very tight. There's some cool animation in it, even though I don't know the characters that well. But you're right. It seems like he has to do a lot of stuff at the last minute, especially things like this and the Conan piece. It feels like, yes. oh, this could go viral. Let's get David in. Like, well, David Silverman's in his 60s, guys. Let mm-hmm. him work a little, you know, give him more time, please. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I hope he's getting paid a lot to be on Retainer is just like the go-to guy to make this stuff because it, it honestly... Like, he's co-director of Monsters, Inc., you know? It's like, this feels almost a little beneath him, I'd say, yeah. to do to do the viral things. Yeah. The one interesting thing that you called out here, Henry, that I saw is that Al Jean wanted to have Stan Lee in the short because uh, Stan Lee was on an episode maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago? Something, yeah. Sometime in the early aughts. And they had a ton of audio from him that they could have easily put in his cartoon character version's mouth. But Marvel, that's a no-no for them. That's something they'd shut down immediately. Yeah, apparently five put the kibosh on it uh, it's uh, as as gene said it it was like this hard rule of no more stanley cameos even if it's just like a visual one because uh they feel they want to respect his legacy or whatever so the there were posthumous cameos that came out of him uh but they were ones you know recorded when he was alive that he had agreed to so i i can understand that and, and gene was very agreeable he wasn't like the way it came up in the news was him saying and they said we couldn't do that and that's great i understand it like he was not yeah. saying uh they were jerks i had it's great stanley <laughs> bit yeah He's always very diplomatic, but oh, yeah. when when Stan Lee was in that Spider-Man video game uh, from three years ago, was he still alive? The last time he was in a Spider-Man video game, I think he was. Li- oh, well, actually, yeah, because the PS4 Spider-Man game, I do believe it came out after his death, but only very slightly. Or if, uh, okay. it, yeah, because it has this like pause on his face in the screen scene where it lasts just a little too long, and it it's that moment of here's the last time you'll see Stan Lee. Like, yeah, mm. this is him. Goodbye, Stan we love you yeah it's i admit it's uh that guy lived i thought he'd make it to 100 it's it's really too bad yeah yeah but uh yeah i guess in in time we'll get around to the stanley episode of the simpsons we're getting close then yeah that's one of my favorite commentaries ever because i've said it a million times but just (laughs) al gene letting his inner nerd fly and showing that he is just as pedantic as any simpsons nerd Mm -hmm. but about old marvel comics with stanley yes no right to judge us (laughs) yeah uh so moving on more about Algene. Uh, there was a recent Screen Rant article in which uh, not a lot of information about this, but it's talk of the Simpsons movie, a possible sequel, and Algene wanting it to be a theatrical release not as part of the streaming model because as we all know in 2007 there were like vod's uh, yeah. netflix was in the early era of streaming things but movies were not uh, simul released in streaming and theaters but now we're in a different era disney has the uh, premiere access i think is what it's called yeah yeah, certain yeah. things yeah <laughs> um but we don't know and they don't know what form it will take but al Jean wants it to be in theaters and uh i knowing what we know about the production of that movie Again, I think we said it before, the show would have to shut down for them to make a movie, I think. Yeah, I mean, it really should have, uh, based on how hard it was for every single person involved, it sounded like it definitely should have in the first place of just shut down. Like, just just take a year off from making the series and have every hand on deck for the movie and well this time they wouldn't have access to rich Moore for the to be a co-director mm. which like he was absolutely necessary to get the movie to the level of quality it was yeah That's true yeah, yeah and everyone is like 15 to 18 years older now than they were making yeah. the movie originally so that's a lot uh the energy's a lot lower so i feel if it ever happens i don't know what it would be 
but I hope that they take a hiatus or are allowed to to make it because otherwise it's either not going to happen or it will be of a lower quality because they have to produce 22 episodes on top of a movie. But I guess they're not doing a video game and a ride at the same time <laughs> this time. That was true insanity. I loved hearing that from our friend Tim Kalpakis about like, oh yeah, you work here at the craziest time ever, all these things. I, I Yeah, and I, I think too, I, I like that Al Jean is like, no, it's got to be theatrical. If it's if it's just going to be a streaming thing, then it just not, it, he wants the prestige of the theater. I know that that's the deal with the, the last I heard a bit about it with the bob's burgers movie they're like it's done it's just finished but uh lauren bouchard said like this if it was just on a streaming app it just it's a big episode of the show like it doesn't feel important they want you to be able to see it in a theater with other people i really feel like uh and i love the guy but i feel like james l brooks really wants one more oscar before he goes out yeah, and oh, yeah. i feel like he's gonna make sure it happens while he's still around but uh i, I really don't know again how like what are the, log the logistics behind this they're thirsty for that oscar but they really if again they gotta if they want to try to get that shorts they gotta uh, pick up that shorts game you know they really got to and so henry I, I did miss some of this you'll have to fill me in uh there was a uh, comic-con happened uh mm. it was all remote correct this another comic-con from home two years in a row no san diego yep yeah sad Although, uh <laughs> the next big con that will happen is pax and it was just announced that you need your vaccination card to get into pax the penny arcade expo well that's good that's good that needs to be normalized at these cons you know especially if they're going to be in i mean that's honestly should be the state or federal government demand these things but they of course everything gets left up to a goddamn business in america mm. instead so but yeah they uh no no comic con again this year they they hope to do it in san diego next year two years off from san diego i i kind of miss it now honestly <laughs> i miss i know you know i don't think you ever liked comic con <laughs> oh, that's the one convention i was never sent to ah, ever okay. i i don't know why i think it's because i worked at websites without much of a budget so if we we're gonna do conventions it would be pax and uh e3 for video game stuff i i did it four or five times professionally and uh the, you know the more access i got to the people i like the more i had fun at it but <laughs> but it is it's a good time as a as a convention i never though i never went to one simpsons panel i that's kind of embarrassing i guess uh but but you know that was when i was working professionally uh for like a website i was pre our podcast and and also i at that time i was like eh, what do i care about new simpsons Blah. like that's uh though now i'm more interested than ever in new simpsons i feel like they are getting better i mean look it's not good it's not <laughs> it's not good as the is our childhoods no but i think they're trying I think they're, they're, they're trying lots of new things it seems like based on all of this news including uh one of the things that stood out to me was that uh they're doing a five segment treehouse of horror yes yeah and I, I guess for a while because of the new act structure the commercial structure of the show they've been four stories mm -hmm. for a while i think the way they're so they showed one full uh G, al Jean presented it as we're showing one full act of it right here of the five uh and it was maurice lamarche's vincent price reading uh basically an edward gory style story of uh, a poem about bart and it's about two minutes long so i think their segments are really just going to be scene before the uh, a scene before the credits segment one and then 
full, uh, three acts and then the fourth act after right before the the credits uh, thing. So I think that's how it's going to be a five act mm. treehouse. But yeah, that's... and another piece of news about uh, they're going to be making their first fully musical episode, which I wonder what their criteria is because I can think of a few that I would qualify as fully musical. So I'm guessing this means there's no spoken lines of dialogue they, in this episode. Selman seemed to present it as wall to wall singing, like as okay. completely singing, not what like no breaks in it uh and also you know we've talked about it before marge's singing voice and how uh, we've said like julie kavner did not pick a voice she would think she'd be singing in a bunch and uh no, not not into her 70s either uh and and so they were the clear of like hey we love marge's voice but uh let's get we wanted to give julie a break and so Kristen bell uh will be marge's singing voice the the disney princess herself Kristen bell uh yeah and that's and that's the season 33 premiere episode as well and that's coming up then right uh yeah i mean september ish yeah Yeah. and also another news uh coming out of comic-con there's going to be another two-parter i think the only two-parter uh after who shot mr burns was the great fatsby yes this is the next one yeah, and uh, honestly, it sounds bad. Oh, you know what? There was uh, one in the last oh, right. year about the, the War church. Priest. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so this is now their fourth one. But I, uh, okay, so I'm a regular viewer of Fargo, so the TV show version of it, uh, though I also regularly watch that film. And so, hey, a two-parter that's a Fargo-type story that seems to center around Ned based on the title, and mm. it's going to have a bunch of uh, guest stars who were on Fargo and other prestige. Uh, it seems to be built around just talking about prestige limited series detective shows, which, you know, are all the rage now uh and uh yeah elizabeth i was trying to look up who's wrote that uh musical episode it's elizabeth keenan uh keeman averick uh, a new writer to the series apparently okay. who uh, had written for oh well that totally makes sense on her imdb first credit uh producer on crazy ex-girlfriend which is like a musical show so that's right that makes that's sense that's a good get then but uh and yeah that two-parter is directed by one of the guests who was on the comic-con panel uh debbie mahan who uh uh, is she's worked on the show for years at this point but is a first time director on that Fargo uh two-parter and it was nice seeing you know like uh, a, a, a woman director as part of the conversation this time it yeah there are nice. so few in animation uh and especially the Simpsons yes yeah <laughs> and the the uh, panel started with Yardley Smith asking an almost uncomfortable question where she said she pretended it was a fan question but it was actually her question of when do when will you do an episode where Lisa hangs out with the rock because she wants she <laughs> wants to meet the rock and then carolyn amine and selman were like well we have we're trying to get in contact with the rock's people y- yardly okay we're trying ah boy you know he does feel like someone who might be too big for the show i kind of think he is like he's uh, yeah. they, they couldn't get tom cruise in the 90s after hearing he wanted to do the show yeah yeah and that's when james l brooks you know was a guy you wanted to do favors for to get an oscar or something bro mm-hmm. the rock doesn't need them i mean yeah they uh they're gonna have to work real hard to get the rock they're gonna have to make an episode that's just an ad for his Terramana tequila brand oh. 
boy. They're all getting into that racket, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather own I'm his I'm a Casamigos guy. I uh, think that's the, uh, the Clooney brand. That is. No, I got to go. I got to stick with The Rock, man. He's uh, got to go with the pro wrestler who will be he'll be our next president in 20, uh, 2032. I'm, pr- I, I'm pretty sure he'll be president. He will make, you know, fiscal responsibility seem cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he will put the people's elbow on entitlements, I think. <laughs> I always said that he'd be a Republican, but the way, you know, if he's going to follow Biden's style of Democrat while the Republicans just go full Trump, then I guess he'll probably just be a, a conservative Democrat in the Biden style, I suppose. I would not be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that all the Comic-Con stuff? Oh, well, the last thing I'd say to listeners, uh, if they want to have fun with it, you know, the news is fun and all that, and uh, it's, it's cool to hear them answer questions. But the best part of it is actually that they play Pictionary together. They, they set off on teams where it is the three directors mike b anderson david silverman and debbie mahan they are partnered with the three writers who are on it selman uh al Jean, and carolyn omine and so the director draws a character and they have to guess you know who they're drawing and do it as fast as possible and it's really it's really fun to see professional simpsons artists play simpsons pictionary it's uh, it's a good time I always love seeing uh, directors on those DVD commentaries or those DVD extras where they can just draw on the screen with a light pen and how effortlessly they can just draw every character yeah. and just like things in the background. It's great. I liked when they, they were drawing a Lisa and I was like, oh, I see the circle you draw of Lisa and then the hair you're drawing around her. And But also like the challenge for them to have to draw it like freehand and fast instead of taking as much care as they would. Yeah. So we have another Simpsons predicted, uh, not really, headline in that uh, the Simpsons predicted that Richard Branson was going into space or that he would go into space because when they did an episode about him, he was starting his space company. So yeah. the fact that he went into space was a foregone conclusion, but this is to file this into Simpsons predicted, not really category. For yeah, us. these ones really piss me off where they just have a guy. I mean, uh, in general, I think both of us uh, think if if billionaires are going to go into space, they shouldn't come back. Let's just say no, stay there. Yeah, stay there. Experience, experience space madness and uh, stay there. <laughs> uh, but uh, to, to have these articles like I saw so many. I mean, I think a lot of the clickbait industry now is runs on did simpsons predict blank articles and so this one though is just so annoying because it's like yeah when they had on richard branson who's like you know an annoying smiling billionaire who cares who who's very invested in his brand his brand for a decade plus has been virgin space he's like yeah i'm gonna do i'm gonna go into space me richard branson and then other people who are slightly less rich than me but certainly rich they can come too that was the joke in the episode that he's in space because he wants to do it this is just a completion of a plan he had announced it is not a prediction <laughs> yeah 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 i mean that that episode that i think it was called the what was it called again the uh ah. whatever season 25 episode he was on yes but yeah. uh yeah it's just it was part of his pr for his company for him at least yeah that's why uh the, the war of art that's the name of the episode okay yeah. you know when it comes to space weirdos with too much money i'm putting my money on uh, lord british the guy who made the ultima games <laughs> hey, yeah because he's the guy that uh, like that's the la- the first thing i heard about him after those games is that he was trying to go into space it was way before elon musk and uh jeff bezos space cow 
Cowboy and uh, Richard Branson. So uh, my was, money's on that man. He should have done it. Well, because neither Bezos nor Branson have actually like for real gone to space. It's just suborbital. Like, yeah, it's like suborbital. Who cares, man. You've and if you see like the Bezos one after that, like CNN just did commercials for him all day. They're like they were reporting all day from where in Houston they did it. Like it was just like a goddamn it. Uh, it's so annoying, and I hate I hate that the Simpsons had to be pulled into it with these mm. predicted articles well you know at some point we are going to get to the one with elon musk that has his name in the title and uh, <laughs> who knows what will happen to that man in the time uh, remaining between this time and when we get to that episode i wonder i wonder <laughs> but also i guess in happier news uh there there's a slight delay but it's still happening and uh, henry i know you're clearing space for this currently <laughs> yes you're finding room uh the simpsons arcade cabinet made by the great one-up company who makes the uh the replicas of old arcade cabinets that's coming uh you can pre-order that on august 16th i believe it was announced for july previously yeah they had said it was going to be july 16th as pre-orders and then quietly it just stopped and then there was this weird moment where i think arcade one up wanted to officially announce it during the comic con at home but they had announced it people knew about it and so their twitter had to go like well it's not officially announced yet so we don't have a pre-order date it's like what what uh, but then like two hours before this podcast recording, uh, they posted on, on yahoo.com. They officially announced it of like, okay, August 16th pre-orders are open. You built, you know, it look real. You build it yourself kind of thing. So, uh, I plan is still to, mm -hmm. to buy it. I, uh, though I don't think I'll be assembling it. I think it will just stay in a box until, uh, at least until 2022, I think, but I've, I'm already making room in the old, in the old closet for mm. it. But, uh, but yes, I mean, six likely to be $650 because that's how much the other four player ones were. I, I don't know if that, uh, how many listeners out there will pay six fifty for a, a, one, a thing that plays one game, a Simpsons oh, arcade. No, two, two. Oh, Remember, oh yeah. Uh, Simpsons, Simpsons bowling. That's I'm right. sure there are three people who want to play that. I'm sure everyone who buys a cabinet will just turn that on for about a minute and mm. then go back to Simpsons Arcade game. And then once they beat the Simpsons Arcade game, I'm like, well, I'll play that again in three years unless a friend <laughs> comes over. Then then we'll play it. Uh, but that, that attracts the screen. Oh, boy. That's going to light up my living room for hours. Just screaming all the time. <laughs> Uh, so, and finally, uh, our final bit of news, uh, we have news about another podcast that is the Round Springfield podcast, formerly known as Everything's Coming Up Simpsons, formerly known as Everything's Coming Up Podcast. So, Allie Gertz and Julia Prescott, uh, they've been on our show. They're on one of our live shows. We've talked about them plenty in the past. They had a competing Simpsons podcast. <laughs> Not really. We're all friends. All buddies. Uh, but their Round Springfield uh, interview series just ended, and they did a final episode that included a lot of comments from people who have been on the show, and we have a little clip on there, but obviously check out the entire round springfield run of episodes they talked to a lot of people including matt graining i think conan was their holdout yeah i was i was disappointed in conan because the message was out there yeah and he's getting into podcast he really should uh you know and they know folks who know conan but he's i guess well i was gonna say he's a busy man but now he's like spending time with his family or whatever he's not so yeah. busy yeah hey, come but, on, conan you have a podcast you got to get out there you got to talk about your patreon right <laughs> but but getting matt graining's first First ever podcast interview you know that's yeah. that's a that's a high to go out on for sure i i and then they said they went for 
for like over two hours with him. It's That's amazing. It's it's very impressive. They got graining and and for that long. But uh, yeah, we're they. Uh, Allie and Julia, such nice pals to us. I uh, I heard Allie tell a funny story <laughs> on their final episode about when um, after we recorded with them the first time, and me and you and her uh, and Allie had uh, had some lunch. Uh, she mentioned that when she had said to us like oh and you know we, we can't go forever she thought that we looked at her like dumbstruck like wait what you you would stop you you what like you have other things to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was like it was three years ago actually that we first that we did one of our first la trips i think it yeah. was our first yeah and we were on their podcast at maximum fun and they did one of ours in the same recording studio and that was a great way to kick off like a series of great la trips that i hope we'll be doing again soon yeah yeah, they uh, they were such good pals and even though uh, they don't have a podcast anymore they say you know hey next time you're in town we'll hang out in the Springfield section of Universal like <laughs> we'll, we'll get them on a podcast because you can't you can't escape no no if you're, you're still, now. maybe you know after if they take like two three months off they'll be like I, I need to talk about the Simpsons with you guys <laughs> I know as soon as I get back to the states I will feel like podcasting mm-hmm, mm-hmm back to telling everyone about my opinions instead of just my wife <laughs> uh so that's all for simpsons news as for news about us uh you heard a bit of it up front but we're taking a bit of a vacation right now and we want to thank everyone out there again for supporting us because if you didn't support us we couldn't have these weird schedules where we can set our own you know schedules our own recording dates and work way way ahead so again we are we've recorded things up through the fall which gives us a lot of time to uh recharge a bit uh, do some stuff behind the scenes and uh, just relax because it was a stressful six months, you know, getting through COVID and uh, thinking about what's going to happen afterwards. So we thank you for supporting us during that time. I oh, hope yeah. everyone out there is doing better, too. This is a much better summer so far. <sighs> yeah, better sign. You know, it's it's uh, it's still tough out there for some folks. But uh, yeah, it's been this has been a nice month for us. You know, uh, we're I've been making plans for my first trips as well. Well, I did Disneyland and now at the end of this uh, in the end of August, I'm flying out to chicago for a bunch of wrestling and then uh plus we're gonna go to uh california great adventure great america whatever that uh the in san jose which so it's a local amusement park i've never been to because uh it's it's mainly about roller coasters which is not i need theming i don't need Me roller too. coasters but i'm also a baby on top of that also that yeah you don't want to <laughs> two loops no thank you but uh, I had learned they have a Mass Effect ride there as well. That's more of like a seated experience. So, and so I was like, uh, my husband's like, come on, you finally beat all of Mass Effect. Let's go there wow. and see it. So I didn't know they had a Mass Effect ride there. They do. Who knows for how long? But it's it's more like a, a Mass Effect 4D movie. But it's it's mm-hmm. only there. So you know, I've been editing ahead on some stuff. Uh, it's been funny to listen to. Uh, like this week, we put out a podcast where you were saying we j-lo came up and then you mentioned how like oh j-lo's doing good and ben affleck's uh doing bad and by the time it came out they're back together what the heck when it comes to j-lo and uh, ben affleck give it time it'll fall (laughs) apart again uh you know if they're just doing it for us as as a throwback for the people to be like hey guys you you get nostalgic for all these things how about nostalgia for benifer (laughs) we're back together (laughs) Uh, you know historically going back to your ex uh, never really works out in the end uh hey as a story as a story of like hey we're both in our like early 50s late 40s Let's mm. see if we can make it work the second sure. time around. That's uh, it's a storybook tale. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's been a great little vacation for me, a staycation. Uh, it's just our we don't we're not doing anything super exciting. We're just going to like like two restaurants a day or go out. <laughs> we went to so many breweries. We're just living our old life again. And uh, in Vancouver, the weather has been amazing. Uh, I think great. it only rained like barely one morning before we even left the uh, apartment. So oh, uh, it's been gr- so great here. And I think I think in 2022, that's when I'll start my high impact vacations of Disneyland and thinking about finally doing our honeymoon in Japan. And uh, I I am traveling uh, towards the end of this year because I'll be going to the Midwest Gaming Classic for Retronauts. So that'll be like a a vacation-y trip, more like, you know, doing stuff uh, on that trip. But for now, it's just like uh, relaxing and, you know, the, the fun of being served food and uh, <laughs> drinking somewhere other than my couch. It's, it's been great. And actually tipping a person you see in the, uh, to the face instead of just like seeing them in an Uber and going like, yeah, I gave you I gave you 20 percent. Bye. <laughs> I can't I can't rate my servers now. Uh, I you know, I read uh, our local newspaper in Berkeley, Berkeley side. They had this article of like, oh, customers are awful right now kind of thing. Uh, but I still was annoyed at it because it was like they only interviewed the people who own the restaurants. So I wanted to hear, yeah. like, journalists talk to a server, talk to one <laughs> server and hear their opinion. Here's the thing. Um, my experience here has been that service here is worse uh, post-pandemic or whatever you want to call this, uh, winding down of pandemic, uh, pre-Delta explosion, who knows what we're calling it. <laughs> uh-huh. but I, I honestly think, yes, yeah, service is worse. But the explanation is there's no way to gauge demand mm. so people aren't uh hiring back as fast or people have found other jobs outside of food service they don't want to do food service anymore so there are not enough people working at restaurants but i'm not mad about it i totally yeah. understand why but it, it's noticeably worse but it's not awful but i can understand why some people are like well people are lazy and uh, they don't want to come to their jobs but no if you look at it just like they don't know how long this period will last they don't want to hire a ton of people. Uh, we know from working jobs and everyone else out there should know. I tweeted about this. I got a lot of agreement that the last thing any manager wants to do ever is hire someone. Absolutely not. Yeah. And well, and on top of that, I've uh, to take a, a thing from one of our previous guests, Matt Chrisman. He has this point of like, you know, that for regular folks who work a job, like it's just humiliation at every point. And the one time you get to feel like a big man, like one of your awful managers, is when you can boss around a person at a restaurant. And if you take that away from some awful people, it just makes them even worse. They're like, I can't even torture a person at my waiter at a restaurant now. Uh." I get to be the boss on the weekends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the worst of it was just like, I want another beer. It's taking too long. Let's just go. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. uh, Things will eventually come back to normal. But like, I did notice that. There aren't really enough people working at restaurants, but I totally get why and oh, sure. I'm not mad about it. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been it's been a fantastic break and we have a great schedule coming up for the What a Cartoon podcast, our sister podcast, The Talking Simpsons. And um, we are doing a non-cartoon to kick off the month of August, but I don't think anyone will be mad because we are doing The Muppet Show available on Disney+. And the episode is The Stars of Star Wars. So yes, it is low-hanging fruit, but it's also a very fun episode uh, with all all of your friends who are now they're all owned by disney now yes yeah it's so perfect <laughs> i thought that was the perfect episode to do because it is one of those ones that's like oh these all this has three different 
characters from three different companies like they're singing a, they end the show singing a disney song and little did they know in 1980 when they were singing that song that they'd all be owned by the same company within you know 30 years it's uh, a very fun goofy episode and uh we talked a lot about the muppets on our muppet babies one but now we can really geek out on that one about our history with the show and just how weird and cool it was and you know jim henson all the fun stuff so yes. that's coming up and i believe that's a patron pick so we're going through a lot of patron picks uh since we phased out a some of the requests here so we'll be we'll be finishing those off throughout the uh, fall i believe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and coming up after that on what a cartoon we are finally covering c lab 2021 we must do it before the year 2021 is over mm -hmm. and of course the episode we're doing is bizarro <laughs> don't you mean bizarro doing Yes, yeah. we're, we're Bizarro <laughs> podcasting about uh, C-Lab 2021. Uh, I, and I promise you that we will do the Brack show before the year is up because we have to cover all the initial That's uh, right. Adult Swim shows for the before the 20th anniversary hits, and I want to do the Brack show. But yeah, this is one of the last ones we have to do because we've done Space Ghost and Harvey Birdman and Aqua Teen and... Uh, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, yeah. We've, we've covered almost all of them except for this and the Brack show. Oh, yeah, and home uh, movies. Home movies, yeah. 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 That's right. So uh, really excited. We recorded that one. It was a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to everyone hearing that about uh, C-Lab. And finally, because you chose it, we are ending our summer of the Disney Renaissance for our What a Cartoon Movie podcast with The Lion King. Obviously, the biggest Disney movie before Frozen. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a lot of thoughts about that. And I'm excited to finally cover this movie because I really like it. Obviously, not as much as Hunchback that we just put that out. And that is our longest podcast ever. But <laughs> I do like this one a lot as well. I can't wait to complete the circle of life. And also, I I didn't, you know, we didn't intend it. But this just turned into a Katzenberg podcast now. <laughs> like it's The Katzencast. The Katzencast. Oh. You know, he's not doing anything. We can get him on, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, if we tell him, like, please don't listen to any podcast we've done about you, but we'd love to interview you, Jeffrey. Please. This will be uh, not a quibby, but a lobby. It'll be a long bite. <laughs> uh, if we told him, like, hey, we'll be nice to you forever if you give us $2 million, like, nah, $1 million. Me and you, just 500000 yeah. each, I'd do it. I'd be yeah, like... sign up for the Patreon, Jeffrey. It's fine. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, in case you don't know, uh, people on the free feed and the $5 feed uh, will get the extended free preview of that uh usually an hour long and then if you're on the ten dollar feed you'll get the entire thing usually three to five hours long so that is how that works out mm -hmm. complete the circle of life with us at the end of august and it's been a great summer full of quality movies after a spring of uh, lesser movies. <laughs> uh, also, the second Monday of the month, uh, we'll be talking Futurama on the Monday slot for people on the $5 tier. And that episode will be That's Lobstertainment, a very criticky episode written by a critic writer, directed by a critic director animated by rough draft who animated the critic mm. we liked it a lot yeah we had a lot of we had lots of fun with that especially the la subway jokes those are my favorites yes. and also a brief announcement in that uh because we have a new what a cartoon schedule which started in july uh august has five mondays and uh during months with five mondays one monday will just be a free spot with no content and that will be happening in august so do not be alarmed <laughs> if on one monday there's nothing there that will be the fourth monday of august uh i recommend listen to an old episode we have tons of them yeah yeah i've never heard before i'm sure you've skipped a couple like give them a listen yeah yes uh so yeah that's the schedule for what a cartoon please check it out and also this is belated news that i felt very very bad about yes yeah i'm so, so sorry <laughs> and in the background uh my wife nina matsumoto you know her you know you love her uh she de she developed an amazing website for us it is talking simpsons podcast.com 
And if you go there, uh, it's so well designed. You can stream every free episode from that website. You can see all of our old uh, show posters. You can see photos from some of our old shows. All the contact information is there. It looks amazing. And uh, again, apologies to Nina. I totally forgot to mention it during the last talk to the audience. And uh, everyone has loved the website so far. So thanks again to Nina for doing that. Yes, thank you so much, Nina. The uh, the Talking Simpsons podcast.com. Uh, I've sent people to it already. You know, sometimes we get uh, the, the, the friendly question of, hey, how do I listen to all the episodes that... Uh, don't show up in the on you know some podcast apps the old episodes well now it's easy to just say like go to talkingsimpsonspodcast.com all the uh, free versions of the every episode we've done is right there on the websites and they're very easy to find so yeah. yes please check that out bookmark it uh, and everything you need to know about us is there also and- uh, you know oh you know that reminds me I want to thank Nina too for that uh, the new things in the discord the uh, the stickers for us us, the emotes of, oh yeah of us. yeah Those we have a crazy. lot of yes uh if you're not in discord you got to get in there buddy it's on the five dollar and up level if you're a patron and uh, lots of fun to chat is happening in there we have tons of new emojis emotes whatever whatever you call them and nina uploaded a few of them there's uh one of you <laughs> me her and the space coyote and a few other ones as well and i uploaded a bunch too from uh, some other forums i used to visit some fun emojis uh, some some folks have been having some fun with uh, combining me and an air fryer as well <laughs> like the air fryer emoji and my, my emoji <laughs> we're being we're being too cruel to henry because he has not mentioned an air fryer in a long time uh i you know i still use it sometimes on skinless uh lower calorie stuff but uh, it's, i'm not having hot pockets in it anymore <laughs> that bill oakley is a bad influence on yeah, you he's oh he is man his review he just did a review of uh popeye's chicken nuggets and i was like hmm boy that sounds good maybe if i it don't does. eat anything else that day <laughs> if i still ate chicken i'd be i'd be beating down the door of every chicken sandwich chicken nugget place because because it's a it's a chicken renaissance yeah we're having <laughs> so moving on uh let's talk about our what a cartoon movie poll for september and honestly doing the hunchback of notre dame gave me this idea because looking where all of the animators from that went and other disney movies went they all went to dreamworks to make 2d movies and that's what we're covering for September. Your choice between uh, The Prince of Egypt, uh, The Road to El Dorado, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, or Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. I have not seen any of these. Wow. And I'm interested to know how good they look, how Katzenbergy they are, and how much they are trying to bite that Disney Renaissance uh, feeling. In all four cases, I, I did see them in my youth. And I kind of took it for granted. I was like, yeah, theatrical 2D animation. It looks this good, I guess. And now I look back, it's like the last like breaths of it. Like Shrek murdered this. Yes. Like, and, uh, But this is as good as it gets. Like if you just, if you want to see what's the best fire animation there ever has been in 2D, it's probably Prince of Egypt. If you want to see some of the best horse animation there ever was, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron is it. Like, it it doesn't get any better than those. Even if the stories are weak in some ways. Uh, and Rotel Dorado, meanwhile, uh, from seeing it in my feed from some horny artists, it is mm-hmm. uh, it is a bisexual dream because people either like the very thick lady who's in it or the two guys who are just 
pals in it. So. And hey, uh, Kevin Klein's in it, right? Yes, yeah, he's basically playing Phoebus, uh, pretty much. I, yeah, I'm on board. Not to not to weigh the scales or anything <laughs> here, but yes, that'll be happening in September. Look forward to it. And can you believe it? We are now about to do our fall of 2021 miniseries. Mm. It's coming up, and we have a fun selection for you. Some of these have appeared in the past, so we'll talk about the four selections you'll get to vote for soon. If you're a five dollar and up patron, you can hear these and all of the other miniseries at patreon.com slash talking simpsons by the way and the fall miniseries are uh daria season one we've covered one episode of daria so we'll cover the rest uh our batman the animated series top 10 between us we'll choose our 10 favorite episodes cover those duckman top 10 same thing but with duckman obviously i've been when duckman happened for a long time mm -hmm. and i'm okay with being disappointed again because better <laughs> shows are on this poll and also our uh, cowboy bebop top 10 as well so we're doing three top 10s and also uh possibly daria season one so patrons will get to choose and those will roll out probably through uh from october till the end of the year once we get around to recording those so yeah this is our um our fall of 2021 miniseries. We're really excited to go back to the miniseries. Well, the last one we did was Talking of the Hill, season two, part one. And I think uh, fall of 2020 was Futurama season two, part one. That is correct. I, yeah. yeah, we've, you know, uh, our miniseries now is, I believe this is the first time we've done a poll without King of the Hill or Fut uh, Futurama on it, uh, because those usually won, except for the mm -hmm. one time Mission Hill won. That was the that one time. <laughs> That was shocking, but I'm glad it happened. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to all of these. You know, I do really like I'm looking forward to if if one of, if not Daria wins. The top ten format is interesting to me because, you know, going in order in chronological order is really fun, but uh, you know, to just get like, hey, we can only talk about these ten. Let's have the, our favoritest duckmans or our favoritest Batmans or Cowboy Bebop Mans. All the uh, just picking our top 10 seems like a fun challenge in itself yeah yeah actually i uh, we were on like a little mini trip while we were here in a hotel and uh the the first riddler episode of the batman was on and we watched it and i was like ah, i really want to talk about batman so who knows i mean i'm sure we'll get to do more batman whether we uh you know do it now or later but uh, i'm in the mood for all of these frankly oh yeah yeah it's uh you know the older you get the more you identify with edward nigma and see him as not evil in the slightest in, in that episode i, I have breaking news or actually it might be breaking olds uh nina is just dming me now as of this recording we're recording on thursday sorry tuesday july 27 2021 and today is the 14th anniversary of the simpsons movie whoa so, wow 14 years ago i, w I left the movie theater very angry <laughs> and you went to type away at your computer that and then I, later in life i would podcast about it three times yes uh, look, look forward to podcast number four coming up in i don't know three or four years uh still not for any of our venues just for our friends but yeah yes. I, uh, but hey if you haven't listened yet that we hate movies with me and bob this is a perfect excuse to do it if you still mm -hmm. haven't so now we're going to move on to uh things we're playing and watching not for podcasts because we do that sometimes and uh actually for me it's been pretty light because i found out i was coming to canada uh soon after our last talk to the audience and uh, i had another trip before that as well so i've been very busy but i have been playing a few things and what i have been playing is uh so i finished the first famicom detective club game for the switch it's a remake of a game that never came out in america and i'm halfway through the second they are uh, dated obviously but i really enjoyed them and it is a very good time for japanese mystery games in america because coming out soon is the great ace attorney chronicles it's coming out uh on the 27th of july so 
I recommend that heartily. I'm looking forward to that. So if you enjoy Japanese adventure games, there's never been a better time if you own a Switch. <laughs> it's wild how many are finally coming out in America. Yeah, it's I I never thought the uh, the Sherlock Holmes or Herlock Sholmes uh, Ace Attorney would be coming here. It's interesting to see for the Famicom games. Oh, what does how does the Metroid team make an adventure game? Ooh, and then man. you can see like, oh, this is why the Metroid guy puts so much story into later games. He really likes writing stories and you know it doesn't really belong in the metroid series but god bless him <laughs> maybe one of these days we'll get portopia as well an official portopia release from I, the square team i i kind of think it might happen and uh lots of things are being remade right now like as as we record this the first of the final fantasy pixel remasters is coming out or has oh, come out okay wow. i think the first one might be out or it's coming out uh, in a few days so uh, it's a good time to enjoy old games uh, as for new games, uh, I know you play this as well, Henry. I played the uh, the Yuffie content uh, <laughs> for Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think it's Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate Intermission is the full title. I think that is correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did enjoy it. I do like Yuffie. I do honestly wonder, is every character playable in the game going to find themselves in Midgar until the next one comes out? Uh, you know, <laughs> like, it's... what if what if Sid was here at the same time? Wouldn't that be fun? It's just like, can you please just make more environments? But yes, it was fun. It was 20 bucks, but it was also it took me like seven hours. So I thought it was uh, I thought it would just be a few hours. I just get to play with Yuffie. But uh, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I you know, I think my final clock was nine hours just because I really liked that mini game in it, uh, which then I found out is a mini game in FF14 that uh, now I should just be playing that. The, oh, which mini game was it? I must have missed it. Uh, the uh, you know the battle game, the point of uh, point fight oh, or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, the four, uh, four Condor. Four Condor, that's it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I couldn't believe they remade that janky RTS from the original game, and it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. I played the heck out of it. Yeah, Four Condor was was tons of fun. I had to beat everybody in the well, not on hard mode though. I only did it in regular. Yeah, I you know, and I also did. You're right. It has the energy of one of those old Star Wars books that are like, did you know, off screen Boba Fett was actually <laughs> looking at Luke over there, like he was just uh, off screen in Tatooine. Same same deal. But uh, yeah, there's there's some really funny stuff in there. Like I, I guess I don't want to spoil too much, but like Yuffie has a really funny reveal in the middle of the game game mm -hmm. that i just love and and there's there's some real comedy to it in character i just forgot just how much i really love the remakes you know characterization of everybody like it feels so natural and there also is kingdom heartsness especially oh, near yeah. the end it kingdom hearts out hardcore <laughs> it's creeping in it's creeping in and yeah. here's what will happen um but yeah that's everything i've been playing as for watching i don't want to go over this uh, too long because i've been watching a ton of movies especially since i got here because i have not been to the theater since uh you know what did i see last uh jojo rabbit right, in right, uh, right. february or march of 2020 right before the pandemic and uh yeah so my first movie in theaters was the demon slayer movie wow so um it was very savvy of them to make a movie that just continued the tv show i will say a huge part of why it was famous and successful that movie is because of that and also covid too that helped mm. a lot the Breaking thing is records worldwide that is man yeah number one movie in japan of all time right now so uh the thing is, it's for a very specific audience. You have to have seen the 
first season so far. There's no second season because the movie is kind of the second season or at least like a fourth of a second season. It not, does not really stand alone as a movie. You're kind of just watching what feels like six episodes strung together. And in that way, it's not satisfying. But if you just want to see where the story goes after the first season, it's, it's a fun movie with good animation. I'm so used to anime films being the movie island and they meet movie guy and his movie daughter who secretly is helping him or what of course they'll meet again right after yeah. this yeah they'll always uh, well hey the character is leaving the island and he says i'll never forget you they must mean that <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll see you again in the form of merchandise uh-huh. uh, but yeah i'm seeing a lot of movies uh we saw the terminator in theaters too mm. a 4k remaster of that uh we're seeing a lot more in the future while i'm here we're seeing uh, rear window we're seeing raiders of the lost ark we're all also seeing um oh you're seeing lupin soon aren't you the thank you yes that's the third one i couldn't remember the new 4k restoration of uh, castle of cagliostro we're seeing that as well nice man so, uh thank you rio theater in vancouver for staying open uh they really struggled but they survived and i guess like other things i've been watching i've watched a lot of movies i'm sorry <laughs> this is going on too long um i saw escape from new york for the first time i can wow. see how it influenced like every video game ever and i want to do a retronauts about it I absolutely really enjoyed it. yeah watch reanimator for the first time in like a decade nina never saw it it's great it's fun it's gory it's like an evil dead style movie and uh yeah i saw the good the bad and the ugly for the first time because nina really wanted to show it to me uh i needed two bathroom breaks to get through it but i was never (laughs) bored or never surprised by how much of the movie was left at the end and now I'm excited I can watch the other two and they're not as long. But yeah, great. Yeah. It's rare that I like I I am 90 minutes and I'm done for most movies, but I, I give that movie permission to be three hours long. It it earns it. I, I you're turning into a cowboy viewer, Bob. That's uh, yeah. I I haven't seen Good, the Bad, and the Ugly in full probably in uh, 10 years at least. You know, it's it's something. The other two films are great. Like the the man with no name is just a great you know main character. But yeah, I also watched Good, the Bad, and the Ugly first and then the other two uh when i first saw him and you really do miss tuco like he mm-hmm. is such a funny like asshole i love him <laughs> he, he turns on him like five times in the movie it's so yeah. great uh, uh he's too trusting that that man with no name but yeah. uh yeah i'm really excited to watch the other ones but yeah, that was it. And uh, yeah, tons of movies, some things I'm forgetting. We're going to watch more movies while I'm here, but it's been a, it's been a great time to be at the movies. And uh, again, uh, my first time back in a long, long time. So it was worth the wait. Well, also, Bob, I think I saw from your Twitter, you're seeing stars live and in person in Vancouver. Are you not? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm pretty sure Tim Heidecker was next to me at a ramen place. Uh, <laughs> but to I like I looked at his Instagram, I looked at his Twitter. There was no evidence of him being in Vancouver. But, you know, people film things all the time here. Mm-hmm. And he was in downtown Vancouver. So it could have been him. Uh, it was very likely it was him mm-hmm. or it was a man who looks just like him and is annoyed by people telling him that. <laughs> but uh, I didn't have time to talk to him. My plan was to go to the bathroom. And when I walked back, I could see a better look at his face because he was like right next to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was coming back to the bathroom, he was leaving. Uh, so you probably knew this nerd is going to talk to me. Like, I got to uh, get the hell out of here. I'm sitting next to a nerdy white guy in his 30s. He's he's got he must know who I am. I got to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I got to run. I'm so tired. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I not, probably not the first uh, celebrity sighting mm. I'll have here, but it was it was cool to know like possibly Tim Heidecker was uh, a few feet from me. So unfortunately, you're getting there right after John Cena leaves. Like he he was I knew he was there for like three months filming uh, his first show. The mm. his, that was why as a wrestling fan I heard like oh John Cena can't show up at the show because he's locked down in Vancouver filming this t- movie. <laughs> 
I, and I saw Rumble in the Bronx for the first time. Yes. And, uh, and Nina was showing me a few of the, the filming locations. And I said, well, this is where the tragic hovercraft accident was that took so many lives. <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting that we, me and my husband, watched Rumble in the Bronx the same night as you and Nina did without intending to. It was just, uh, and when we finished watching it, because he saw that it was just about to leave HBO Max. So he's like, hey, I've never seen it. Let's watch this. I was like, yeah, I haven't watched this in forever. And then once it was over, he's like, hey, Nina's tweeting about watching it i was like oh that's insane it'll look like i uh, we ripped off her idea <laughs> uh, but yeah i guess as for games for me other than the ff7 uh remake dlc which i really did like i finished mass effect 3 i am i played all of mass effect over a th two month period i never really played it and uh the ending was bullshit uh but mass effect 3 is still a really good game aside from that ending and it really uh really pissed me off at the time that mass effect 3 uh seeing the ending now i was like wow how dare they ship this how dare they do this game uh and uh, but now you just remember the good times um and also i played the new mario golf for switch which is totally fine but i hit a wall about three hours in into the main storyline of like hey it's the trick course where you got to hit the ball into the cyclone to get it up top mm. and do it and i was just like ah this sucks i i don't like trick <laughs> courses all this bullshit but i still played about 12 13 hours of it. i got my money's worth out of it i'll play more of it it's gonna be a podcast game for me but i was mad not mad but uh just confused they they reinvented the uh the, the swing meter for yes. that game and i was like it was fine. You don't need to think any harder. It was already figured out 30 years ago. You're good. Camelot perfected it, and they just now feel like uh, they're challenged. Like, could you uh, improve on perfection? Or like, you know, this thing, the the click, click, click is just perfect. It's why, mm -hmm. why mess with it? But man, they must. Oh. Uh, live as we're doing this, Nina wrote one thing in my notes uh, because she's here and has access to the notes. Uh, one movie I also watched was The Fog, which we watched last night. But I don't have much to say about it. It wasn't. It was okay. It was mm. a John Carpenter movie I hadn't seen yet. Even an okay John Carpenter movie, still good time. Yeah, yeah good music. Good music. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the last game I've been playing, uh, not a ton, but a little bit, was Pokemon New Unite, the new MOBA uh, they made with Tencent and. Uh, my husband, uh, she's like, yeah, the appeal of this is if you have literally ever played a MOBA in your life, you will win every match because you are playing against children who don't know what MOBAs are and don't know how to play them. Wow. <laughs> like he wins every match, like hundreds of points ahead. It's, it's, I, I'm sure the playing field will level out some, but if you've ever, ever played a MOBA before, you will likely win in your first uh, games. Is, is that only for smartphones, that game? No, it's on Switch too. It's also okay. on Switch. Yeah. I might talk my friends into playing that, uh, my gaming friends, because we're playing Heroes of the Storm and I hate every Blizzard character. I want to <laughs> play with characters I like. Oh, uh, man. I love playing as, as a Snorlax and uh i'm so tempted to even spend the like actual money on buying a the the hawaiian snorlax costume for the character huh. uh as for watching stuff i i did watch the second space jam movie i did uh you listeners i did i gave, gave you what you wanted which is uh, i watched space jam i hope we never do a space jam 2 podcast because it's so fucking boring like uh yeah 
You know what? I guess it's part of our jobs to be more aware of this. I I chose to opt out of this conversation. It's your vacation. Uh, you should. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm morbidly curious, but uh, I didn't have to watch it because everyone was tweeting about it, and I'm ready to listen to like five podcasts about it, mm. and that will be my experience. But I'm glad you watched it. <laughs> so LeBron is a way better actor than Michael Jordan. I will say that. But he wants you to like him too much. Like he's like, hey, aren't I the greatest? Eh? I'm and I'm a family man. Like he's just he's he's he comes off as almost needy uh and that's, also yeah, that, oh sorry that's the opposite of jordan because J jordan's affect in the movie is i don't want to be here yes yeah the, i uh, actually gambling is the only reason i'll stay around the funniest uh, also another hilarious thing about it is uh differences is at the start of space jam when bugs bunny like kidnaps him then bugs just uh, like michael jordan goes like bugs bunny what like he's just like he's he's like why do I care? The second LeBron James sees Bugs Bunny, he's like whoa, Bugs Bunny, big hug, hey, come in here, I love you, Bugs I know Bunny you from uh, Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle, my favorite game. <laughs> uh, it's it's just so weird that Bugs Bunny uh, that LeBron is like oh I treat Bugs Bunny like a person I love and and through transitive properties of me loving him, you should love him as well. Uh, and and yes, also it starts as an anti gamer video uh movie that then uh it, it's really that the story is lebron james learned to learns to love his gamer son oh but but the dumb thing is is like his gamer son has to like make video games to be proved to his dad it's okay it it's like his kids should just say i will be a billionaire the rest of my life because of you what do you care if i play video games all day like yeah uh, just as long as i don't like kill myself with drugs you should be happy yeah be happy he's a gamer boy but but yeah it's uh uh, and, and there's there's a couple cute cameos that I also though couldn't believe these are in trailers so I don't feel like spo they, these are spoilers to mention I couldn't believe that this film in 2021 thought sassy granny jokes were so great or also the like porky pig rapping could you imagine that thing I guess crazy the thought uh. Yeah. You know, something about this movie makes me think, well, I know that a Space Jam 2 was in pre-production or various versions of Space Jam 2 were in production for a long time. I want to know what remnants of those scripts exist because seeing some of the references they're making makes me mm. think, is this 80% of script written in 99? Yeah. Or uh, 2001? Like this Matrix thing, I guess Matrix is now... Um, old enough to be a reference but now it feels like still it's been referenced too much we need to back away from it for a while but seeing like an extended matrix parody made me think this movie should have come out in 2004 well or you something know like that matrix 4 is a coming so they're trying to warm back up the the oh, pump for it you know that actually that was my okay that was my theory too that they assume matrix 4 would be out <laughs> space jam yeah. could be good marketing another thing i heard not to go on too long about space jam the one thing I do want to see is the crowds because it sounds like they send a bunch of people to Party Max. Yes. And then they basically made animated GIFs of them dancing around like a fucking Street Fighter 2 character in the background or Mortal Kombat or something. The crowd. It's very distracting. It's insanely distracting because they're lit like the same level like that you know if you look close at the crowds in the original space jam they look like shit like you you have this hilarious like screenshot of just like uh, a girl's face to plastered onto a turtle the uh, yeah. from original space jam but but in this one it's just like hey you remember what 
the penguin looked like at the end of batman returns where here is a guy dressed exactly like him standing next to don Cheadle, and he's gesticulating wildly it's like i can't pay attention to don Cheadle. that guy is right there screaming (laughs) yeah it it sounds like they don't even do any shtick with these characters they're just in a in a cheer animation loop for uh, their entire existence oh yeah they're just there to be seen like also it's like uh, god i i mean it's every obvious joke you'd have made it's uh the only thing that surprised me was there there's a cameo related to the tasmanian devil that i was like oh huh i didn't expect them to be in here uh that the viewers have seen i don't want to spoil it because it's one of the few moments where i was like oh hey how you like that like but. maybe maybe you tweeted about the scenery it does show how times have changed in that there is very little uh tasmanian devil or marvin the martian yeah in the movie and we were all we were all becoming tazified and martianfied in the 90s <laughs> you know uh, the, yeah. the 90s were taz's time it was it was the extreme time for taz and he's he i like i looked up old i was like do i misremember this that taz was that important because he doesn't have a ton of scenes in in regular space jam but when i search like original like vintage space jam merchandise on on ebay it was like taz everywhere like taz was bigger than bugs and daffy on that gear Everyone yeah, I loved think, him. I didn't think Marvin was that big until someone pointed it out. It made me remember there's a ton of merch, and Marvin really, uh, you know, represents the American character in that <laughs> I may seem meek, mm. but if you make me angry, I'll pull my gun out and shoot you and kill you. Uh, and that's what Marvin's all about. And also, I go to places and claim it as mine. And yes, exactly. Like, my He's thing. a colonialist. <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, I also I watched Rumble in the Bronx and Police Story, a uh, great Jackie Chan day for us. And uh, also, I got into Gundam a little bit because Gundam Hathaway the uh which had been a book for the longest time which is basically a sequel to char's counterattack it got its own film put on netflix i watched it it's pretty good the most interesting thing uh, for my husband was that it, it takes place in uh the philippine city of Davao, and so it's very a lot of philippine specifics in it which was very interesting uh and it made me so into it i was like i'm gonna buy a gundam model and i'm gonna make it so i saw that yeah you're, you're becoming a gunpla man you know i started with the child set of an sd new gundam uh so hardly a challenging set but uh but i got even the little tweezers for putting on the stickers that's the part i always hated the most like the few times i did it that's the part i skipped i'm like ah you know what it's fine no textures for you (laughs) if you're if you're an anxiety ridden person stickers Mm -hmm. are the worst yes also uh me my husband started i he'd never seen sopranos before watched the first season of sopranos it still rules i hate to be a normie about it but it's like wow this really was the best show (laughs) like every actor's great every the dialogue is amazing and and watching the first season there's some weird sloppy stuff in it every now and then but i'm just thinking like god this gets tin this gets better every season and this is where it starts but look it's normie as hell to say but the <laughs> sopranos is great that will never leave hbo max <laughs> uh and You're i safe. think i think you should leave season two really good check it out if you haven't seen the coffin flops yet and all the other stuff uh there's uh, we watched all of the behind the attraction uh documentary series on on disney plus and it's so frustrating because it's like they actually interview the right people like hey here's tony baxter and here's uh, joe roadie uh all the people who made the stuff and it is just like 
so aggressively edited with just like broings and springs and all these awful sound effects and ca guys can't say seven words without being interrupted it, it I'm, drives I'm you glad, nuts i'm glad that i'm not the only crank about this because i felt this way for a long time and i was happy to see our, our friend uh, scott gardner of podcast the ride complain about this as well because i'm sure <laughs> he was interested and from the very beginning i wanted to watch these shows and it's not that no work is put into them they get a lot of work put into them yeah they find all the right people but they are destroyed in the editing process because they think you're a dummy yeah they're like uh, if, he, if the people are getting bored if they hear some if they hear T tony baxter say too many words about building the original star tours they're gonna fall asleep uh though this one also unlike the toys that made us which is usually not uh from the same production company but not made with the creators this is made with disney so there's also the disney editorial hand coming in and uh. the most obvious is on star tours because it's like 45 minutes long at minute 20 or 25 they say well an original star tours was pretty interesting but it also inspired us to make galaxy's edge and then it just talks about building galaxy's edge i'm like i've seen this i know about galaxy's edge i even think galaxy's edge rules but it's like calm down also hbo max last night i watched there's a documentary on woodstock 99 and if you want to feel ashamed for our generation oh yeah give it a watch give it I, a watch I, I i was not part of that movement uh mm. but i was i was very aware of it when it was happening and uh it seemed like a, a gross disgusting uh, pit of mud and fire and uh hate yep it's a depressing uh story also maddening because they talked to one of the guys who ran that festival who part of the reason it fell apart is he literally like they had no security and he was like as eh, security whatever like they they make this point in the doc of like in your imagination you think of post 9 11 security and everything but this was 1999 like guys just go like hey get in here the only thing they do is throw away your bottled water so you get dehydrated <laughs> and go crazy the only thing we learned is not to have hell's angels run security and that's it <laughs> uh i did my mandatory marvel watching and watched loki and black widow both were fine the, the black widow movie the funniest bit to me was people in the theater some of them had not seen Endgame, and the end of that movie, uh, the post credits hinges on you knowing a thing that happens in Endgame, and everyone was very confused. There was like a third of the audience that was going, like, "Wait, what? What?" Like it. <laughs> The, the film takes place before Avengers Infinity War, but the post credits is after Endgame. And uh, if you haven't seen Endgame, it would be very confusing. And the Loki show is uh, honestly, I think the best of the Disney Plus shows so far, I think it was. People uh, have been saying that. That's what I've been seeing on Twitter. And, and lastly, I want to say I watched the new Masters of the Universe show on Netflix, the Kevin Smith He-Man show. It is way better than it needed to be. It actually gives a shit about He-Man mythology, which no one should it's it's stupid uh but but it's actually pretty good with quality animation a lot of some some of the usual culprits on the internet don't like it because uh he-man is not in many episodes of it and tila is the main character the the girl but also our friend griffin newman is orko and it's the party was born to play baby <laughs> he's really I good as orko I, I sadly, I'm so familiar with Griffin on podcasts. I have not actually seen him in any roles yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid that if I do watch him on the tick or in this, I'll be like, well, when is he going to start talking about movies? Like, what's, when, when's the box office game coming up? What's with his acting here? Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, on, on podcast, the ride, he was on it this last month and talked all about how he worked very hard to get the role and tried like every industry connection he had of like, guys, look, not only do I sound like Orko, but 
Uh, this is the type of role that if he just gave it to like a funny guy, he would think Orko's stupid and give no pathos to the character or anything. Like, I actually care about Orko, please. <laughs> and and it worked out. He got Orko and he does a very good job of it. Uh, but yeah, that's I've I've talked a ton now about everything I watch, but that that's all all the good stuff. Uh, Nina is really acting as our producer on this episode. She sent me another piece of news that I forgot about. Oh, it happened while I was here, uh, a Simpsons guest has uh, has now died. No, uh, Jackie Mason. Jackie oh, Mason. Oh, right. God. Yes. Uh, man. Uh, Hyman Krastovsky himself, Jackie Mason, uh, has passed away. And uh, he played the character, obviously, in season three. He won an Emmy for that performance. He would come back a few more times. The next time he came back is an episode we'll cover uh, fairly soon. It's uh, Today I Am a Clown, in which uh, Krusty is bar mitzvah for the first time. Man, I uh, th- thank, thank you, Nina. I, you know, I was shocked, too, that... Uh, that he was he... still alive? Well, yeah, because, well, because his character died a while ago. And so I always think of that as like, oh, they, yeah, they killed him off because, like, Jackie Mason uh, died or something. I was like, no, no, he's uh, he was still alive. 93 for that kind of... Uh, for a Borscht Belt comedian that he lived that long is uh, impressive, man, making mm-hmm. it to 93. But Yeah, I forgot he had a... Uh... Uh, finale on the show so uh yeah jackie mason uh now gone not with us anymore oh, but a long man. life thank you producer nina yeah <laughs> <laughs> now let's move on to questions and comments for talking simpsons the first episode is pokemon and thanks again to griffin newman for being on the show i have to say that before he was on i did my due diligence i listened to a few blank checks all the back to the future ones i was like hey this is pretty good and then we had him on i was like oh yeah griffin is great on podcasts uh he knows what he's talking about and uh he's he's a born podcaster like oh us. yeah and then i listened to basically i'm catching up through the five-year blank check podcast backlog and i am now one of the biggest griffin newman fans ever so (laughs) now it's even even greater like honor to have him on our show and for some reason we managed to talk about pokemon for three hours and i am very proud of that fact yeah we oh god that was such a good time and now i think like griffin uh griffin loved it too like he he said he'd, he'd love to come back as well and he's he's a busy man who's like mm-hmm. starring in stuff and he but that shows like he is a podcaster through and through that even even as he's getting you know all these opportunities in in real productions he's like no i want to be on podcast to talk about the michael keaton episode of uh the simpsons for over two and a half hours and we certainly did yeah. so our first comment is from matt Quintanilla, who says, to Griffin Newman's point about Lisa being the character most likely to go on to create a show like The Simpsons, this is actually backed up in canon. When Homer is given creative control, he creates the ultra-violent remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He's the type of guy who wants the characters to be louder, angrier, and have access to a time machine. Opposite that, Marge gives notes that lead to a version of the itchy and scratchy show, so sanitized and boring that it tanks interest not only in the show, but in television itself, leading kids to play outside for once. When Bart makes a cartoon, it's the early 2000s Flash cartoon Angry Dad, which is crude and violent like a parody of something from Newgrounds. The only time during the early run of The Simpsons where Lisa is put in a similar creative role is in season four episodes uh 19's the front when she works with bart to ghostwrite an episode of itchy and scratchy which actually wins an award for outstanding writing in a cartoon series all the other core cast members write direct the show laughs at <laughs> lisa is the only simpson family member capable of writing the type of thing the show wants viewers to laugh with 
That's so, a good point. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, it, I mean, over the course of 30 years of a show, it's possible. But yes, every Simpson has written a TV show or some <laughs> sort of creative work. Uh, they, they're all used to like being on television many, many times now. They've all worked with famous people. They've all had their own like movie. Every every character has made like five movies now. The next time it's like the Simpsons make a movie episode, a character should say like, but Homer, you've only made seven movies before. You, are you sure you can do it with uh, Josh Gad? this time <laughs> yeah, they've been to the oscars the emmys the grammys the tonys they've been all over the place homer is a gold record winning uh <laughs> like grammy winning gold record uh of a songwriter and singer <laughs> also on that episode christopher moops mcdougall says when bob mentions all-star and how shrek took it for mystery men it reminded me of how many people talk about shrek taking the bonnie tyler song holding out for a hero that's often associated with short circuit too but short circuit did the shrek thing to begin with and took the song from footloose having seen both footloose and short circuit 2 in theaters it irked me when people only knew the song from short circuit 2 however now that i think about it i'm sure way more people watch short circuit 2 than footloose and i'm sure more people would want to associate it with a punk rock johnny five rather than a sweaty tractor showdown with kevin bacon you know i think yeah. they're equal yeah that's the movie when i when i hear uh looking out for a hero or whatever it's called i do think of johnny five's training montage <laughs> uh you know i would because i saw that in theaters but a different childhood memory overwrites that which is my atlanta local saturday night wrestling show when i truly fell in love with wrestling which played uh seven hours of wrestling every saturday night in atlanta uh it would start out with holding out for a hero so i associate it with that and uh, I, I know from uh, so gayest episode ever on their Patreon, they did a Shelley Long podcast series looking at her movies. I found out surprisingly the song "That's What Friends Are For" was written for the movie Night Shift. Uh, I believe it was uh, Shelley Long's one of her first movies be because of Cheers, because of her Cheers fame, and it was like Michael Keaton's first movie wow. in, in a starring role. So I didn't know that. But it's song. a movie about a morgue. Wow, man, that originated there. That's I. Whilst the now holding out for a hero is like it gets too overplayed. It was, it was the uh, it was used in the trailer for the He-Man uh, series that I, I was just talking about. But then in the same week, it was used in an episode of Loki, and I was just like, guys, calm, calm it down. You need to, you know, everybody can't just use it. Even and and the songwriter of it, Jim Steinman, uh, just passed away. Sadly. Oh, that's right. But it's so uh, it, many bangers. It's a true classic. Yes. So for uh, one fish, two fish, blowfish, blue fish, we have a special guest on our uh, podcast up next because she lives here and also because uh, we were running long and she didn't have time for this little segment on that episode. So let's bring Nina out here to, to uh, talk about uh, certain titles of the show in uh, possibly another language. Hey, Nina. Hello. We we had run out of time. We we ended up going. Uh, I bet this would have been a longer podcast. Uh, the Blowfish one. It would have even beaten Griffin's if we if we hadn't had a hard out in that one because uh, we we had to cut short our Blowfish podcast. Or, or speed Honest, it up. Honestly, it was for the best that we had a time limit. It would have gone on for way too long. We would have talked about sushi for about half an hour longer. Yeah, at the end we would have just said like, let's spend another fifteen minutes just saying our favorite sushis and just talking about it, but. Uh, but but you you had a really cool thing prepared, which you'd put in the comments, which I was like, why should we read these? Just read it ourselves when you did all the uh, hard work on on localization. 
Oh yeah, so I had translated the episode titles, Japanese episode titles for season two. Because in the past, whenever I was on a you know a Japanese centric episode, I would bring a, a list of all the translations. So you want me to read all of them? Oh sure, yeah. I they they all sound so funny. I I like to hear a lot of them are pretty straightforward actually. But oh really? I guess, well, episode titles were pretty straightforward back then in general. So for season two, starts off with Bart fails class, pretty straightforward. Mm. Gone with the hair, <laughs> which I think is pretty good. I like that that's one. Like, that's yeah. like on par with an English title. Yeah. Halloween special. Uh, <laughs> That's what, that was the first one, right? The first Yeah, Halloween. yeah. It was yeah, first Treehouse. Yeah, so. From then on, all the Treehouse of Horrors are called Halloween Special and then a subtitle. Oh, they don't do numbers. Ah. Or they do do numbers, but they still have a subtitle. Anyway, uh, Burns runs for mayor! Two exclamation marks. What? <laughs> That's crazy. It's very exciting news. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing Homer. Oh. Straightforward. Uh, Simpsons Family versus Flanders Family. Hmm. Okay. Better than... Dead Putting Society? I, I get It's not too clever, yeah. Yeah. The Thanksgiving Day Incident. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Very serious. <laughs> Bart the Daredevil. Hmm. Exactly the same. Uh, Marge's Passionate Battle. Oh, wow. That's Itchy and Scratchy and Marge? The... Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Beware of the Crooked Lawyer. Oh, man. I like that one. That one spots like the, the real star of that one is uh, it's not about Bart getting hit by a car. It's that you get to meet Lionel Hutz for the first time. That's what's important about the episode. Well, in this case, the English title is more straightforward. It's yeah. just Bart gets hit by a car, and this one is a little more of a cleverness <laughs> to it. Uh, remaining Time, that is the, the Blowfish episode. Oh, wow. wow. Also sounds very serious. Yeah, geez. Dad and Mom's Love Story. Hmm. Oh, okay, that's cute. Yeah. Twinges of Conscience. Man. That's Homer versus the Eighth Amendment, was it? Oh, the Eighth Commandment, yeah. Wow. Eighth Commandment? Oh, Twinges of Conscience. Yeah. Man, what an interesting... Yeah, yeah. I couldn't guess. Well, sounds super serious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Selma's Marriage Aspirations. Okay. The Winds of Detroit. Oh, wow. I like the that one. Episode. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Lost Dog, Little Helper. Because uh, in uh, the Japanese dub, they just call Santa's Little Helper, Helper. Oh. Which I think is a good shortening of it. That's cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dusk. Dusk. That one is old money. Wow. It's just called Dusk. That's depressing. That's a real sad one. I know. One. Damn. That one also could have been called Remaining Time. Yeah. Marge is an artist. She sure is. <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> Lisa's beating heart. Oh, that's wow. Lisa's substitute. Wow. Huh. Interesting. The War of the Simpsons family. That's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the legendary first issue. Oh, I love that one. I really love that one. The man of the comic book is pretty good too, though. Yeah, but that yeah, but that one is like it's a pun on a movie. Like I just love like the legendary first issue, like the power of the first issue, Radioactive Man. I love that. Yeah, again, very dramatic, like a lot of these. And the last one is Bart is a savior. Okay, right. that one's fine too. But blood, they do get more creative in future uh, Japanese titles, I guess. But th- those were those were some good ones in there. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, like. The- episode titles uh become more and more clever uh in english as well so then i guess the japanese ones kind of catch up to that eventually but the season two ones are you know they pretty much uh, explain themselves except for beware the crooked lawyer uh <laughs> dusk is the one that's leaving me so melancholy just like dusk. Know, it's depressing yeah. well that and remaining time yeah remaining time yeah <laughs> i do think gone with the hair is the better title yeah they should have called it that yeah mm-hmm. i uh they, they should go back and change it but yeah but well but thank you nina now finally folks can hear what they should have heard on the blowfish one if we'd only had the time 
Yep. Could have that and way more talk about food. Yeah. That's mm. what everyone wants. This is making me hungry now. This is also a lunch podcast and I'm I'm getting I could go for some sushi right now. Mm. We we just got two dozen bagels shipped overnight from Montreal and Whoa. it smells really good sitting next mm. to me. Mm. Montreal bagels and well <laughs> that sounds <laughs> pretty good. We're gonna have that as soon as we're done here. All right, well, but anyway. Thank I you. Thank you, Nina. Oh, thanks for having me on. Oh, they're so good. I got Nina a bagel guillotine uh, Ooh, recently. Those things are cool. It's a must-have. <laughs> it will change your life. Uh, so what, what What are we on now? Worst episode ever? I'm sorry. Oh, no. That oh, no was... We're still on Blowfish. Yeah. Yes, sorry. So that, okay. that that was Nina's top comment, but also on Blowfish, we had, yes. we had some great comments as well. Sorry about that. So Ron Sterling says, aftershave colognes are definitely more of a boomer slash older extra thing, but if you shave clean, you should apply a disinfectant to that area. Even if you don't nick yourself shaving, you're still scraping off a layer of skin and opening up pores and follicles. Disinfecting with alcohol cuts down on ingrown hairs and razor burn. I don't blame anyone for not wanting the old man stink of aqua velva on them, but a little moisturized hand sanitizer will do the trick. And uh, okay. I'm not a hairy man. I will say that. It's part <laughs> I grow some stubble and I do shave every day, or at least I try to, but... I don't understand how anyone can shave not in the shower. Mm, that yeah. is the only way to shave. I have a shaving mirror wherever I live in the shower, and I wash my face before and after I shave, and I think that does the trick. But uh, if I'm doing something wrong, let me know. But I can't not shave in the shower. It's just it's impossible for me. For the longest time, because I, I saw it on TV, is like, and also my dad shaved at the sink. I just thought, yeah, sink, shave, that's where you shave, at the sink. Uh, and then, you know, I think like once I lived alone, I realized like, boy, hair just falls everywhere. It better, it better to do it in the shower when you definitely know it's just washed away. And it, this is getting into uh, boring shaving chat. We don't, <laughs> don't have a dollar shave club, uh, announcement or ad or anything, but your, your, your pores open up in the, in the hot water. It, it's much better for you. Uh, and I'm, I'm three weeks or four weeks into uh, a beard grow now. And it's, uh, not that impressive, but I'm, I'm willing to see how far it goes. I'm, I'm wanting to i let's hear can you hear me rubbing my beard my listeners as long as we're not hearing beard sounds on on mic <laughs> uh also on the blowfish episode joe moore says loving the episode guys you mentioned difficulties drawing abe have you noticed that his portrait in the family's front room is usually drawn off model i can't see any articles about it offline but it's always seemed weird to me i don't have any examples offhand but it's something to look out for and uh, nina actually replied with some insider info uh, nina wrote I think that is because, speaking from experience, drawing on Model Simpsons characters at a small scale is really hard. There's no need to make it absolutely perfect for a background. It's always better to do a less detailed with framed pictures in the background. Otherwise, it's too distracting. Which brings me to the complaint about the modern Simpsons. Since they've gone digital, they can paste whatever drawings into framed pictures and scale them down for appropriate size, but it results in too much distracting background detail. So, that's interesting, you know? Yeah. The, it, the the quaintness of the sd low detail it's just gone like that is once they got to hd i can understand why they had to hd up the backgrounds because it's widescreen now and they're like hey we need that level of detail but you, you so much charm is sacrificed by having in that detail there i also think uh, part of seeing wonky characters in background art is because uh now correct me if i'm wrong people out there in animation but a lot of the times uh, background artists are not character artists. So when they have to draw a background with like a character portrait inside, they're not going to have as much of a handle on the character as someone who draws the character 
uh, for different purposes. Uh, so I think a lot of the reason in old episodes, that's also why. Yeah. Because a, a background artist is drawing like Homer, uh, like an abstract Homer in the background. You can just barely make it out. But they were not hired to draw Homer. They were hired to draw a house very well. <laughs> I can draw inside of a house. They can draw the best table you ever seen. But Homer yeah. on model, you know, give him time. <laughs> that's someone else's job. But yeah. uh, yes. So now we're on to worst episode ever. And Tyler M says, uh, one of the joys of being in Pittsburgh is just seeing Tom Savini all over the place. Be it on his bike, unfortunately. Unfortunately, he was hurt by a car recently, but is okay. Or being a classic old buff Italian guy at the public pool. Total legend. <laughs> I'm surprised given the fact that you guys are big Letterman heads, that the clips of Savini on Letterman in the 80s are great. Uh, I guess surprised that we didn't mention them. Is yeah, what yeah, I guess yeah. I, I didn't uh, I didn't know Savini was a regular on Letterman. I had not seen a lot of those clips, but. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess I think I vaguely remember him like doing gory stuff in front of Letterman, like gory oh, stage right, effects. Oh, right, right. But I, I gotta say, uh, check. I think I mentioned it on this podcast, but check out the uh, the Carson podcast that is Mark Malkoff's podcast, the one with Nick Pruer. They talk about their history on the Letterman Show, working there, and uh, what that was like for them. And I found it very interesting because they, I believe, they were both researchers for the show, mm-hmm. which meant like if someone's on the show, you read their book, and then <laughs> you maybe get one question out of it, and just the crazy hours they worked, how they barely talked to David Letterman. Uh, what the show was like in the 2000s. It was all very interesting. That's podcast training jobs too, man. That gets you right yes. for it. Yeah. There's also, the reason they're on like podcasts and YouTube and stuff like that. I also love the idea of Tom Savini, just this, you know, hairy old buff Italian guy, like at the pool, like a public pool, buff <laughs> Italian old man. That's uh, that's a fun visual to me. He's, he's got to have a gold chain tangled up in his, his chest hair. Oh, for sure. It's got to happen. Plus, I mean, he. I think he still held on to the ponytail, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Thornton, on that episode also said visual effects nerd here i do think that the return to practical effects is kind of overrated in that i've seen a lot of cases where studios will play up the practical elements because it makes a good story also in that your episode godfather 3 good version joke i'm surprised you guys didn't mention that it now exists kinda just recently for its 30th anniversary francis ford coppola recut the film into the now retitled the godfather coda the death of michael corleone from what I've seen, has gotten much better reviews than the 1990 version. And finally, all this VHS talk reminds me, as a 22-year-old, I'm actually I actually know what a VHS is. I was still using them as a kid, and me and my family were still using them to record shows right up until they finally became obsolete in the late aughts. The great character from On Cinema also cracks me up because I know at least one person who is so nostalgic for tapes, they really do think they are the best way to view films. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, we just skip past that Godfather 3 joke. Godfather 3 joke just feel so lame to me and just boring yeah but, I, mean, uh, I should have watched it. that 30th anniversary movie though but i've i've heard it's not worth it it's very mm. very long when it came out i heard no one really praising it maybe harry heard different but mm. uh yeah like i think we talked about this before henry within hollywood there are certain things where it's okay to make fun of and you won't damage your career and definitely that was one of them uh mm. police academy was one of them around the same time there are mm. certain things that just become easy tar ishtar because yes. it's like, well, everyone can make fun of this and no one's going to get uh, Francis Ford Coppola is not going to find you directly yes, because yes. you were the one person who made fun of this. Yeah, it's uh, it shows you who's not powerful and who is there. I also that return to practical effects thing reminds me of uh, I heard Mike Mitchell talking about that on an episode of How Did This Get Played this last year of saying how the responsibility of being on set with squibs of like, hey, move you move your gun 
to make it line up with the squibs and you got to do it perfectly because if you don't everyone will know that you messed it up and that we have to reset <laughs> for an hour and it's your fault uh and also in that we same responsibility uh, on that uh, that same episode talking simpsons gets mentioned as well we get a we get a little shout out which was very oh, awesome. nice uh, thank, thanks nick weiger for that so up next we have comments for what a cartoon the first one is for our what a cartoon movie for june hercules and Kiefer Folsom is first on that one and he says uh, something i'm surprised that didn't come up is the fact that for the muses originally the spice girls were asked to play them and they turned down disney imagine how that would have been yeah i was shocked that they then linked to a story from the time in 97 where they uh musker said in an interview like yeah we offered this to the spice girls and they said no i i was so ashamed that i had missed that in my research but it didn't come up in any other their oral history mm -hmm. that was mentioned but you know what I, I don't want to rob the gospel version of hercules from anyone but i think that i kind of want to see that one too the spice girls uh, as the greek choir yeah i would bet spice girl said no for the same reasons nicholson did of like okay can we have a hundred can we have 10 million dollars oh no michael eisner's not going to do that then hire broadway actresses who do a, a great job but are not the spice girls but ask for a tenth of the money yes <laughs> oh if that even uh, Harry Thornton again also uh, had a good comment on Hercules saying little more on the canceled direct video Hercules sequel. It was being made at the same overseas studio in France that made the DuckTales movie and the acclaimed French animation director Sylvian Chaumet, who would go on to make the triplets of Belleville, actually worked at the studio for a few months. He described it thusly. The atmosphere was bizarre. They had such a cynical way of thinking. I came in and said, I can do some designs for the Hercules sequel. And they said, mimics a cynical person. Okay, yeah, that's fine. When I worked there, I realized what not to do on a feature film. They have this mentality. They're trying to do a product. They don't make films anymore. It's like they do advertisements now. People are very talented, but they have no, but there's no soul. So mm. I, I did not know that uh, Chomet, uh, which Triplets of Belleville that could be one we do in the future but I uh, I didn't know he was one of the people on that canceled Hercules sequel project yeah I didn't know that either uh, a lot of great talent in Disney France we learned yeah. that on our Hunchback podcast oh man I, I look at that French studio with whole new eyes now knowing that they animated two of the best moments <laughs> of Hunchback yeah don't judge them by DuckTales the movie even if you <laughs> like it uh, so up next we have Future Boy Conan and uh, what timing on that because as soon as we launched the podcast G Kids announced that they are bringing the a series stateside mm -hmm. so uh, that was not planned behind the scenes we had no knowledge but I think it was good for both our podcast and for them because we made more people aware of this series and they had something to point people to to learn more about it yeah I mean G Kids couldn't ask for better ambassadors for their release than Ian and Rebecca our guests on that episode like mm -hmm. that that was one of my favorites we've we've done they've I mean Rebecca and Ian just had so much passion for future boy conan it was it was so great chatting with them and uh thanks to g kids for retweeting it too yes thanks g kids uh so joe hodgson says impeccable timing uh this is about g kids by the way i'm starting to think g kids is a secret backer of talking simpsons i've never sought this series out but was aware it existed and the upcoming release coupled with this podcast seems like the right time to take the dive i'll be sure to hold up a sign from my couch as i watch the remaster that says bob and henry put my ass in this seat 
in tribute and uh yes I, uh, I, we're happy to spread the word yes yeah and, and thank you joe hodgson for that extra wrestling reference uh there which uh that is a famous story in pro wrestling where uh when mick foley won the world title on uh wwf the competition said yeah that'll put a lot of butts in seats and then guys in the audience at the next show who went uh, to wwf bought a ticket to see mick foley they put up a sign that said hey wcw mick foley put my my ass in the seat so uh thanks i i had to include that one especially because hodson <laughs> had a wrestling reference thank you for translating for me and uh marcy furrer also said about that episode i absolutely adore this show and couldn't ask for a better pair of guests to talk about it with you i'm glad that you mentioned the similarities between conan and goku because i have a crockpot theory slash observation that several shonen anime characters fight a giant fish as a feat of strength the earliest example i know of is actually takahashi's directorial debut in one of miyazaki's earliest jobs Horus, Prince of the Sun, where Horus has an extended underwater fight scene against a giant pike and defeats it by trapping it under rocks. Then, post-Dragon Ball, there's Gon from Hunter Hunter and Luffy from One Piece. Gon catches the Lord of the Lake and Luffy punches the Sea King that ate Shanks' arm. One thing I wish was discussed is how Future Boy Conan was used in a recent anime, 2020's Keep Your Hands Off Aizoken. The first episode opens with the main character watching a legally distinct version of Conan and it having such a profound effect on her, she decides to become an animator. It's one of my favorite scenes in anything and it, it perfectly encapsulates what it's like to be an animation fan and seeing something so eye-opening. It changes how you think about the medium. Yes, I did miss that. It's one of those shows that's like on my pile of shame of like, I gotta watch this show but but i haven't yet it's only 12 episodes too but yeah. i watched yeah. a few uh and i fell off and i want to go back but i completely forgot about the conan uh connection there so my apologies yeah yeah thank uh so several people pointed that out but uh, but marcy and the rest thank you for for letting us know we did uh miss a key part of current conan nostalgia and up next talk about all, also good timing gumby <laughs> episode moon trip in that uh jeff bezos went to space and this green little freak he was going to space on our podcast at the same time so it was good synergy <laughs> but actually gumby went to space he mm -hmm. went to the moon uh bezos suborbital launch let's point that out once again suborbital mm -hmm. yeah uh, but christmas ape says about gumby moon trip is that a friend and i have regularly found ourselves in a gumby hole over the last few years <laughs> watching batches of random episodes from every era on youtube and i agree with you that the gumby with teeth is the worst gumby it's a truly bizarre experience with cartoons that go from the lamest, most milk-toke excuses for entertainment you've ever seen to baffling psychedelia in the span of five to ten minutes. Even the quality of the puppets seemed to vary wildly from short to short. It was always really hard to tell if the borderline surrealism in the show was intentional or not, but after listening to this episode and watching the documentary recommended, the weirdness of Gumby makes a lot more sense. And yeah, thank you to Christmas Ape. And again, check out the documentary Gumby Dharma. It's free on YouTube. And it's an extensive history of Gumby and the very strange creator in his last years on this planet. Yeah, it. Uh, I I think sometimes things are weird in Gumby just because like it just technique or like, well, yeah, we animated it that way. But I think other times it's like we want to be weird so you feel weird. We want viewers to feel strange while watching this. Uh, and also like, li like I mean, you you find out Cloaky actually was doing drugs, man, while, <laughs> while making it. Yeah, and I recently showed uh, Nina the Moon Trip short and she was also shocked by how the last three minutes is bringing Gumby back to life it's very uncomfortable yes oh uh, well actually uh dakin our our final comment mentions that uh dakin says 
dug up the version of this from the 80s series to see if they edited anything out and sure enough it just jumps from gumbo picking gumby's lifeless body off the ground right to gumby waking up in the hospital though we still get a shot of him laying there with x's on his eyes <laughs> though to their credit they do live in leave in the original creepy as hell soundtrack so that's great if i had to guess it's probably more of a time cut than a content cut yeah you know if you take out that bit it probably comes down to uh, the 11 minutes to make it a two cartoon thing but but also if you're going to cut anything from it it is the like the part where gumby is catatonic for two minutes and uh, three four minutes and doesn't do anything and slowly carried up and down a ladder yeah <laughs> and up and up an elevator as well but yeah that's it for comments and all of our news but thanks again for supporting the show i must point out again that recently we released our longest podcast ever and if you want to hear it that is on the ten dollar tier at patreon.com slash talking simpsons that's our what a cartoon movie for the hunchback of notre dame i believe it's five hours and 12 minutes long so uh yeah. that'll eat up one whole day of your life probably <laughs> space it out have some meals take some bathroom breaks but i'm very proud of that podcast it was the last one that i produced before i went on vacation so uh yeah please check it out at the patreon anything else? oh I yeah think? no i know i mean uh keep an eye out for two polls coming first is the one for the movie for september's movie of the dreamworks 2d films and then after that uh, we, uh once that one is closed we don't like having two polls going at once uh but once that poll is over at the start of august is the poll for the next mini series so please keep an eye out on those on the patreon at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and also we have some really great guests coming up on talking simpsons this month oh, yeah. i think you guys are really going to enjoy all of them definitely but that is it for us this month we'll see you next time for another episode of talk to the audience and we'll see you then Infotainment.